Holy cow, have you seen what a joke this Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC, historic, and I put up my air quotes, historic alliance supposedly is. Wow, it's comical. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com is the Big 12 site. We appreciate you guys joining us here and being a part of the show. I, I just, I could not wait to get on and talk with you about this. And before I do, let me remind you to leave a quick rating, review, subscribe. We've got Heartland College Sports koozies. You can only get through the podcast when you leave us a rating and a review. And we are at 475 ratings on iTunes. If we can get to 500 by the start of the season, that would be awesome. My goal is 400. We're at 475. It's because of you guys. I can't thank you enough. And when you leave a rating and a review, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. And I'll get that koozie personally in the mail for you guys. I'll read some of the nice reviews uh, we've gotten here at the end of the show today. All right. So this came down on Tuesday in a press release that was put out by the three conferences, not including the Big 12. And it talked about how the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 announced an historic alliance that will bring 41 world-class institutions together on a collaborative approach surrounding the future evolution of college athletics and scheduling. So what does it mean? Well, here's what they're going to do. They are going to have a scheduling component for the football teams. The Football Schedule Alliance, per the press release, will feature additional attractive matchups across the three conferences while continuing to honor historic rivalries and the best traditions of college football. They also said any game and non-conference game that's been scheduled is going to be honored. So they're not going to start jacking up the non-conference schedule. Same thing in women's and men's basketball. Three conferences will add early and mid-season games, as well as annual events that feature premier matchups between the three leagues. They're also going to explore this in Olympic sports. They went on in this press release to take a shot at the SEC when they noted that their alliance will be guided by, in all cases, a commitment to and prioritization of supporting student-athletes' well-being, academic and athletic opportunities, experiences, and diverse educational programming. The three conferences are grounded in their support of broad-based athletic programs, the collegiate model, and opportunities for student-athletes as part of the educational missions of the institutions. That's their way of saying to the SEC, all you care about is football and nothing else, and we're more well-rounded. That's us, the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten, more well-rounded. Well, then, as the press conference was taking place on Tuesday with the commissioners of the three leagues, we learned that this whole thing is meaningless. Absolutely meaningless and has no teeth to it. Here's what ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips said. He said, quote, it's all about trust. It's about we looked each other in the eye. We made an agreement. Of course, binding contracts serve a purpose. But at this juncture, that to us was not a critical element. Oh, you know, I just we looked each other in the eyes. And it, it was so sweet. Oh, I, we couldn't hold it back. I had tears streaming down my face. And I said to Kevin Warren, the Big Ten Commissioner, Kevin, this one's for you, buddy. Oh, gosh. Shut up. You're all a bunch of clowns. 
I mean, this thing is as meaningless and as worthless as it gets. Oh, this is the big alliance between the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, where there's no contracts. We'll try to schedule each other when we can, even though college football schedules are planned out 10 to 15 years in advance. So congrats. You can start a scheduling alliance in about 2038. Well done. Way to go, guys. And, yeah, there's there's no teeth to this, but we looked each other in the eyes. Uh, Nothing nothing, uh, says trust. Like college football, right? When you look up the word trust in the dictionary, you see the sport of college football there. Oh, my gosh. Get out of here. Get out of here with this. This is meaningless. Let's be clear. This is meaningless. There's no teeth to it. And it does not matter. It's the Paris Climate Accord of college football. And these three leagues and the three commissioners that got up there and actually pretended like this means anything should be ashamed of themselves. Now, because here's the thing. When this was, like, being announced and there were reports of this over the last week and a half or so, I'm like, boy, this is not good for the Big 12. And that's what you care about, right? What does this mean for the Big 12? You're thinking, geez, it's a terrible sign for the league. What are we going to do? How are we going to get around this? It's the end of the Big 12. I actually feel better about the Big 12 today and its future than I did before this was announced. See, I'm I'm serious. I feel better about the Big 12 than I did before any of this was announced because here's part of what happened here. The ACC, the Big 10, and the Pac-12 did this without the Big 12 on purpose. They couldn't add the Big 12 to it because they know the Big 12 is in flux. And they probably thought if they had the Big 12 as part of this alliance, it would look flimsy. They already knew deep down the whole thing is flimsy, and it is. But if they added the Big 12 to it, it would look even more flimsy. Here they are, prop it up, the Big 12 is about to blow up, and and they thought it would hurt their credibility. Little did they realize, for anybody who's being honest, that this whole thing has no credibility to it. It's worthless. So if we're being honest here, and we're having a real conversation about what this means, the answer is nothing. They're trying to get the SEC to, I don't know, shake in their boots, and I'm never one to back up the SEC and defend the SEC. But if I'm the SEC, I'm looking at this and saying, uh, I'm supposed to be scared and and shaking in my boots? Whoa, the alliance of the Big Ten and the SEC and the back. Whoa, the alliance, the historic alliance, as they called it. The only thing that was historic about this is what a dud it was. That's the only thing that was historic about any of this. The three conferences, they say in the press release here, meaning the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten, remain competitors in every sense but are committed to collaborating and providing thought leadership on various opportunities and challenges facing college athletics, including student-athlete mental and physical health, safety, wellness, and support, strong academic experiences and support, diversity, equity, and inclusion, social justice, gender equity, future structure of the NCAA, federal legislative efforts, postseason championships, and future formats. Who wrote this? A college professor who's never done anything in his or her life? Like, is that who wrote this and thought this was a good idea? There's no way a legitimate business person who follows college sports could have helped put this together without being left out of the room. That's how bad this is. 
That's how embarrassing this is. I, I just can't believe this is it. So I would not worry about the Big 12 not being a part of this. I really wouldn't. In fact, it makes me think that if the Big 12 gets decent leadership and gets its head on straight and acts quickly, it can respond to this in a very meaningful way. And it does not have to die and fall by the wayside. It just doesn't. Because this goes to show me the people who I thought were semi-competent running these other leagues are anything but and far from it. So why not just, if you if it's Bob Bowlesby, fine. If it's somebody else, okay. Whoever it is, get it going and get it going now. You've got a ripe opportunity to respond to this in a meaningful way. And then suddenly, you know, after this alliance gets rolled out, if the Big 12 could somehow make a splash and make a little bit of noise, you'd be responding to this joke of a historic alliance by these three leagues, and you'd have the upper hand in some ways. I'm not saying over the SEC. Listen, I get it. The SEC, once it adds OU in Texas, is going to be the king of college athletics. It pains me to say it. Nobody despises the SEC more than me. But I call it like it is, and this is the reality. OU in Texas, in that league, it will be the premier conference in college sports. That's it. No ifs, ands, or buts. But there's an opening for number two. There's certainly an opening for number three. All right. The Pac-12, half the people that um, either went to Pac-12 schools or followed the Pac-12 or whatever it might be, don't know when sports are on, don't really care about sports. It's just not been a very successful time for that league over the last several years. The ACC has Clemson, kind of has Notre Dame, and that's it. Up until OU and Texas left, you can make a strong case it was the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and then there was a major drop-off. I'm not saying the Big 12 is going to go back to being third or, or second. No way. But they can respond in a meaningful way. Now, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips, he said during this press conference on Tuesday about the alliance between those three leagues, about the Big 12, he said, quote, we want and need the Big 12 to do well. The Big 12 matters in college athletics. The Big 12 matters in Power 5 athletics. I can tell you we'll be watching what occurs here. That is from Jim Phillips. What does that mean? I mean, fine, you want the Big 12 to do well. The Big 12 matters in college athletics. That's nice. That's all well and good. Now, the obvious question is, why not include them in your alliance? But it's what I noted earlier, which is I think they thought the Big 12 would hurt their credibility in this alliance and they weren't sure what it would mean for them, so they left the Big 12 out because they knew this whole alliance was flimsy to begin with. And that's really what it is. It's incredibly flimsy. It means little to nothing, and it will have no impact on the future of college sports. All right, because if a team in the ACC, if Florida State or Miami got an invite tomorrow from the SEC, they would bolt, that league would be in trouble, and everything would go by the wayside. That's it. Now, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren was asked if the SEC adding OU in Texas prompted the alliance. What did he say? Quote, what that did, that allowed us all to take a step back, take a step forward. What will the next one to 15 years look like in college athletics? I wouldn't say it's a reaction, but you have to evaluate what's going on. It's a reaction. Just stop. Boy, they, they really think we're stupid, don't they? They really think that we're supposed to sit here and be impressed and say, whoa, look 
Look at you guys. Oh, my gosh. So courageous forming an alliance. Just stop. Stop. Please. Please stop insulting my intelligence. I'm really not in the mood. All right? Now, elsewhere, Oliver Luck, speaking of Big 12 leadership. Oliver Luck has been brought in by the Big 12. The former West Virginia AD and XFL commissioner, Oliver Luck, as a consultant. Luck was the AD at West Virginia and, of course, the father of Andrew Luck. He was the AD at West Virginia when the school entered the Big 12. He held that role from 2010 to 2014. Uh, Beyond his time in Morgantown and with the XFL, he was the NCAA's executive vice president for regulatory affairs from 2014 to 2018. His tenure with the XFL lasted from 2018 until, of course, the league suspended operations due to COVID last year. Now, earlier this year, Luck was considered a top candidate to become the new Pac-12 commissioner after Larry Scott resigned. Of course, they ultimately landed former MGM Resorts executive George Klievkov. So this is a good hire for the Big 12. Can Oliver Luck save this league? Probably not. Is he a respected, valuable voice to have on your side if you're the Big 12? Very much so. Very much so. So I think it's a good hire. It's a solid hire. I I have no issue with it at all. In fact, a part of me wishes that maybe Oliver Luck was right now in charge of the Big 12 Conference instead of Bob Bowlesby. Would any of this have happened if Oliver Luck was in charge? Yeah, who knows? We're trying to rewrite history. Oliver Luck maybe could not have prevented any of this from happening. But it just goes to show you that when you're bringing in a guy like Oliver Luck, who could have been a commissioner to be your consultant. What does this tell you? It tells you that there are a lot of people at the Big 12 headquarters who, let's just say, aren't thrilled with how their leadership has handled things. And it's very fair to put Bob Bowlesby in that category. Well, I I think that Bob Bowlesby has, as I've noted many times over the last few weeks, has shared an unfair level of blame here. Because ultimately, OU and Texas ran this league. They're the ones who didn't want to expand to share more revenues. And then they're the ones who are like, well, in Texas' case, we don't like our home schedule. So we're leaving. And that's it. Like, I don't know what Oliver Luck could have done differently to prevent any of this from happening. But, you know, it is something to note here as as we look ahead to what is going to be a fascinating future for this conference. So I like the Oliver Luck hire a whole lot. Meantime, on the field, Iowa State leads the nation. Uh, Pinch yourself, by the way, if you're an Iowa State fan. Iowa State leads the nation with three 2021 AP preseason All-America players. They are Brees Hallett, running back, Charlie Kohler at tight end, and Mike Rose at linebacker. Iowa State and Notre Dame lead the nation with three players named the first team preseason All-America list. If somebody told you five years ago that Iowa State would be tied leading the nation with the most players in the preseason All-American team, what would you say to that person? Uh, What would you say? You would say, you have got to be bleeping out of your mind. You'd be right to say it. You'd be right to say it. I mean, it'd be crazy to think. Yet here we are with Iowa State, three preseason All-Americans. I mean, it's just nuts. Absolutely nuts. Other Big 12 players, Spencer Rattler, first-team quarterback, Bijan Robinson, 
first-team running back out of Texas. And then Nick Benito, uh, linebacker from Oklahoma, uh, making the defense. So you've got a total of six Big 12 players, four on offense and two on defense. And I will note, you know, for, for those people who still think the Big 12 is all about slinging the ball around, 80 passes per game, no one plays defense, spread them out, you do realize that the two running backs, the first team preseason All-American running backs, are both out of the Big 12 in Iowa State's Brees Hall and Texas's Bijan Robinson. No SEC running backs, no Big Ten running backs. You know, the rough-and-tumble Big Ten, the rough-and-tumble SEC. May be different by the time the season rolls around and by the time we get to the end of the season. Do I think that these preseason predictions always hold? They usually don't. They sometimes do. They usually don't. I think Spencer Rattler's got a great chance to be the, you know, first-team quarterback when all is said and done. But running backs especially are tough to predict, very tough to predict. Look at Chuba Hubbard last year from Oklahoma State. You know, you have a guy who has a great year, 2,000 yards, and then last year he had, what, 500? So especially at that position, it is tough to predict what the future holds. But the fact that the Big 12 has two running backs, both running backs in the preseason All-America list is something that is uh, a storyline that, of course, you know, the media is not going to write about, but it's certainly a storyline that I think is a worthy one. All right, because where are all the people who say the Big 12 plays no defense, the Big 12 doesn't know how to run the ball, the Big 12 just throws the ball 75, 80 times a game, and that's it. Where are those people? Do they see the preseason All-America team? Or do they not really care to tell that story? Something tells me it's uh, more the latter than the former. But very interesting there to uh, see that get rolled out. And Iowa State tied for the lead in the nation with preseason All-American players. That's just nuts. Absolutely nuts. Now, uh, as we have a, a few more minutes here left, I do want to touch on an interesting tidbit back on the realignment front that came down from Matt Hayes. He's a radio show host, uh, 10, 10 a.m. in Jacksonville, Florida. He writes for Saturday Down South. He was asked in the Paul Feinbaum show, would OU and Texas leave the Big 12 sooner than 2025, which is, of course, when they have to leave or when they are obligated to stay through based on the contractual agreements. And Matt Hayes said the expectation in the SEC is that OU and Texas will be playing SEC football next year meaning 2022. Now, this is not a shock to me. It should not be a shock to you either. We know, like Texas and uh, OU, they don't want to be in the Big 12 beyond this year. I mean, they're going to have, they already have the target on their back. They always have, they always will because they're the Blue Bloods. But boy, that target's going to be huge. That's why in a weird way, like I know everyone gives OU their best game. But And OU's the best team in this league this year. Like, Iowa State's really good. OU's the best team in this league this year in terms of talent. They can win a national championship. But with the way the emotions are going to be running high because of how this offseason has gone, I wouldn't want to be OU and just have a sleepy day one day and you get picked off in a game that you shouldn't get picked off in by like a a Texas Tech or a Baylor or something like that. You know, I just, I really wouldn't want to be one of those teams in this situation. So they want out as soon as they can get out. Now, is it possible they get out with a buyout that maybe isn't as high as the reported $75 million per team? Sure. I mean, I guess it could be lower than that. Uh, I think that's entirely possible. 
that they could have a buyout where they negotiate with the Big 12 is going to be lower. But I think until the Big 12 knows that they're going to be in a situation where they can add somebody or add some buddies, like two, to at least get back to that 10 number, until that happens, I just don't see any way the Big 12 wants those teams to walk. But if they can get a couple of teams in the mix and then OU and Texas walk and then they got a windfall of, let's say, $100 million, let's say it's $50 million per team, uh, they've got some, some, some coin to play with, you know? you got some money to spend. And how you spend that money, whether it's to pay somebody else's buyout to get them back or get them into the league, that could be a very interesting play for this conference and one that should not be overlooked. Definitely don't want to overlook that. I'm Pete Mundo. The show is part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Boy, what a week it has been, and the season is right around the corner. I, I cannot wait for week one. Can't wait next Saturday. Oh, my goodness, September 4th. I, I am, oh, please come here soon, September 4th. Uh, and, um, you know, my birthday is, uh, was Tuesday, the 24th, 33. So when I get to August 25th, I'm done with summer. All right? My, my, this is just my own thing. My birthday is the unofficial end of summer. All right? I, none of you have to think this way. It's just a me thing. But my birthday is the unofficial end of summer. By August 25th, get me to college football season. I'm sick of the heat. I love you, Kansas City. It's a great place to live. I love being here. But uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm in the Kansas City area. But, oh, gosh, when I get to August 25th after my birthday, get me to college football season. Thank you guys, as always, for your ratings and reviews on iTunes. Um, That's how you get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Take out a minute. Leave me a rating and a review. And I'll send you a free Heartland College sports koozie in the mail when you leave that rating and review. We've got some really nice ones. I just want to take a moment out and share those with you because uh, you're taking your time to leave them. And if I can give you a shout out on the show, uh, that would just be a way for me to say thank you. And it's a way for you to get a koozie too. Send me a, a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. This one from A. Heath. I haven't missed an episode in over two years. As an OU fan, I enjoy Pete's unbiased take on the team. I also enjoy getting to know everything about the other teams in the league. The Heartland College Sports Pod is the best place to get information on everything Big 12. It's very nice. Uh, This one from Chiefs Cats USA. K-State fan here. Like so many others, I came for the realignment talk and ended up staying because of Pete. Finally, someone that not only cares about the Big 12, but actually knows what they're talking about and does it with some pride. Thanks for actually covering the others and giving us something to be excited about. Kansas City local sports radio needs to have Pete on so he can show them how it's done. Keep up the great work. Well, that is, uh, that's very nice. Thank you very much for that. And as someone that works in Kansas City radio, I agree. The local sports radio is underwhelming, underwhelming to put it politely. But, yeah, I mean, I do radio hits all over Big 12 country. I do them in Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Kansas, Missouri, West Virginia. I do radio hits all over the place. So thank you guys for everything. Can't wait for the season to be here. Be sure to hit that subscribe button as well. Going to be adding more YouTube stuff as well as we get to the season. So be sure to check that out, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day.